Hey everybody, welcome to Pursuing Pixels. Uh, shit, I was, I was already going to say this is episode number and there's <laughs> no episode edition. number. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I'm just going to lean into it. Alright, here we go. <laughs> Hey everybody, welcome to Pursuing Pixels. This is episode number anniversary edition number one or whatever the hell you want to call it. (laughs) We've been at this for a year now and uh, I'm here tonight with uh, Randall Nolery. Hey everybody. And John Hines. Hey there. And I don't think I said my name. My name's Kevin Portelli. I might have. If I did, I'm sorry to to repeat myself. But uh, but yeah, we're here as always to talk about some video games and kind of just celebrate if you maybe not celebrate, although we have uh, had a couple of drinks or at least I've had a couple of drinks already. um, If you can't tell. Um, But but yeah, we're kind of celebrating a year of doing the podcast. And obviously we've been talking about video games. uh, I don't know, across the board, pretty much even even some card games, some VR games. We're not just strictly video games, but uh, uh, but we kind of thought, you know, for our uh, end of the year episode, our holiday episode, we did kind of a wrap up and and kind of picked our favorite game that we talked about on the podcast over the course of the year. Or at that point, it was only about six months since we <laughs> started up in May. But uh, but we figured, hey, for the for the anniversary episode, maybe we can bring up a game that you know each pick a game that we've never talked about on the podcast before, whether it was just something we've played in our past and just haven't gotten you know haven't played in recent years but just really wanted to champion on the podcast or just felt like it was a you know something that was like a missing hole like I can't believe we haven't talked about this on the podcast at least least that's kind of where I was coming from like I can't believe I haven't talked about this game (laughs) Mm -hmm. more than just like mentioning it maybe um and so uh I guess uh I can just kind of lead us off here with uh the game that, again, like I said, I, I just couldn't believe, like I had to double check John uh, has like a nice, neat little spreadsheet for us of like all the games we've talked about on that, which is like we've talked about a shit ton of games. Yeah, <laughs> really shocked scrolling through that. Like, holy shit. Hey, back um, in the day, we were talking about like 10 yeah. games an episode. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, cracking the whip. Hey, everybody get on it. Game of the week. Game of the week. We, yeah, we, we've definitely rolled things back. You know, we started out a little ambitious game of the week. <laughs> Uh, a new game every week that was a little hard to keep up with. We're like, okay, maybe game of the month is a little more doable. And now it's just like, okay, let's everybody just play whatever you can, whenever you can, and we'll, we'll make it work. You know, so we we're you know we're we're just doing the best we can here. Yes. Um, but one game that I just cannot believe we have not talked about on the podcast because this is one of my all time favorite games is uh, Downwell. Oh, and just absolutely shocked because like probably shortly before starting up the podcast like this and enter the gungeon were what really got me into playing roguelikes constantly and i think uh back to downwell like i got really hooked on enter the gungeon and we've talked about that a little bit on the podcast i don't think we've ever done a segment on it but we've definitely like talked about dj and uh, our buddy glenn and i kind of getting hooked on that and comparing like how far have you guys gotten and who have you beaten it with and whatnot oh yeah downwell was something that like really had me hooked just like i mean dj was into it when i was playing and there was a little bit of that comparing but i i was just hooked on like i want to beat my high score i want to get my my highest combo and i think this game is like you know it's it's very it, it is just like a master class in game design like obviously some some things are subjective, obviously, like the way it controls. I, I just think it feels great, but it almost feels like, you know, you're playing this character that's like a platforming game 
and it is a randomly procedurally generated roguelike. Um, although it's like way less so than something like Enter the Enter the Gungeon or Dead Cells. Right. It's not all about like let me collect all my you know let me get a bunch of money each run and then unlock a bunch of stuff. It's like you just kind of have a bunch of buffs that you can get randomly throughout each run after you beat each level. Um, that just kind of you get to pick from a, a series of three or four of them depending on what power ups and stuff you have, and it's all about just getting to the end of the game and you know it's only it's like really bite-sized like once i got to the point where i could beat the game which did take me quite a few hours like i probably put about 40 or 50 oh, hours yeah. into that it's game not before easy I could beat it <laughs> but uh but i have gotten like I, I think on switch like my highest combo is over 200 um and i'm like okay. in the top like 60 uh oh, or God. top 70 or something for the highest combo wow um and it takes about like 25 minutes or so to beat the game at least at the pace that i play it and like i did actually do a twitch stream which i'm really bummed about like way way back in the day when we first kind of started the podcast i might have even done it before that um but i beat the game three times in a row but like the audio settings were all out of whack but like i was just in the zone and like i got to a point with that game and the the thing that's nice about it is like the challenge level still feels great on normal but there also is a hard mode that really does ramp up the challenge and i've gotten to like the final of the four of the five worlds or like there's four worlds and then a boss battle and I've gotten to the fourth world on hard mode, but never fully made it to the end. But like the challenge, just like, again, I've put, you know, probably I had it on PlayStation 4 first. And again, I just want to say it. We talk about cheap games all the time on this podcast. This game is three dollars full price. Wow. Three dollars like absolute steal. It goes on sale for half off all the time for a buck fifty. But this is the best deal in gaming, period. There you go. Period. It's I think I think this game is just. Uh, it's truly perfect. I just what about like free controls. games, Kevin? <laughs> no, it's better than any free. Come on, <laughs> you guys play any good free games? Let's be real here. Um, <laughs> but uh, it's Downwell is just. I mean, it's you know uh, you got to be into the retro arcadey stuff. Sure. You know, it's it's definitely. It was one of the games that made me realize like what a roguelike, and I've, I've mentioned this on the podcast before for sure. Like roguelikes really can like instill that like arcade feeling of like pumping in quarters into the machine because yeah. it's like this kind of bite size again 20 minute experience i'm not just a run pumping quarters into the machine again i'm only paying three bucks it's like <laughs> way way cheaper than a day at the arcade yeah, right um and it's just like i don't know i i just like it's so gripping it's so the procedural generation is like just random enough that you're always on your toes. It's another game that's just pure, like kind of like Ape Out, uh, which we talked a little bit about last week, Randall, or yeah. a couple weeks ago. Um, it's just like it's pure reaction. There's no, you can't plan anything that's going on in that game, and you can chain your combos even in between levels and keep them going. It's all about just like not touching the ground. Like you're the whole mechanic is like you start out with like a set of ammo. You got these gun boots in your character and it's almost like a a vertically scrolling shooter, but you're scrolling downwards. But you're also platforming. And every time you either land on an enemy or land on the ground, your gun boots reload. Um, And then you but you get all kinds of different buffs like some of my favorite like chain of buffs that you can get. And again, they're just kind of random three that you get to pick one of at the end of each level. Um is like one of them is like your gun boots recharge or they reload as you collect gems, which are like the currency that you can buy uh, pickups and stuff like that or buy different power ups or health and stuff throughout the or extra ammo. So like as you as you progress and again, as you get these bigger combos, like I think if you get a combo of five or more, you get um, an extra ammo or maybe it's 10. 
And then if you get an, a combo of 25 or more, you get an uh, you get to recover health. Mm, and it has all, just all these mechanics. Huh. Like it has this extra like double health bar as well that like so like you start out with four HP, but like you also have this sec- if you have full health and then you pick up health, you actually like fill up this secondary health bar. And if you fill that up four slots while you have full health, then your HP goes up to five and like throughout oh, the man. game. If you keep getting these combos, like, so, like, the combos are not just for, so, like, sometimes, like, again, when I'm going for, like, this, oh, I I strung a 200 combo together, but sometimes you want to land before you get that big of a combo, because you're like, hey, I already hit the 25, and I'm going to get one extra ammo and get regain some health, um, or just, again, refill my meter, like, you could just pick, okay, every time I hit a 25 combo, I'm going to land, so I can refill that meter and try to just get my, like, the times that I've beaten the game, my HP has been, like, 8 or 9 or 10 (laughs) by the end, and I've even gotten up to 12, again, starting out at 4, so, but it just, it's such a master class, and, like, just taking the simplest, it's like a two-button game, you just run side to side, it's actually, I think, a one-button game, other than controlling your character, but, like, you, the same button jumps and then you hit the same oh, button to yeah. fire. So like it, it, that is the only button other. So you, I guess you're controlling the character with the D pad or the joystick and then one button other than that. And like, it's just taking that core set of mechanics and like just building upon that in every possible way without feeling like too thinned out, but just fle- I don't know. It's like the perfectly fleshed out bite-sized arcade experience. And again, for $3, like, just, uh, you know, I was super, super psyched when I found out that uh, Nintendo actually hired this guy. I think the right. uh, at least oh, on yeah. I forget his name, but I know on on Twitter he goes by Moppin. Uh, <laughs> I don't know what that means or anything, <laughs> but um, but yeah, I, I don't think he's with Nintendo anymore, which is unfortunate. I was kind of like thinking like, oh, this is this could be the next Miyamoto coming in here. I mean, I know that's high <laughs> praise, but like again, like as far as just the game design goes, I, I think it's just it just feels perfect. But have either of you guys put any time? into this game at all i have some yeah but like not like i remember like when uh glenn first picked it up i like we were talking about like oh what was like and you brought out like oh that your best combo was 200 and i checked mine and mine was like 12 (laughs) so no i've not like even come close to like getting to the like I, i had no idea that those like boosts to your like ammo and health were even mechanics like same I, I thought that those were all things that you had to get at like the end of a level and i had only or the store or whatever right yeah so like right that was that uh it's really incredible that that's just like included in with it yeah and and they don't tell you anything i mean it it is kind of one of those roguelikes you do you do have to kind of poke and prod at what's going on i, I might have looked some stuff up too at some point in time i don't remember um, but to figure out like, Hey, what is that second bar? Like under my HP? Like, what does that mean? Mm-hmm, right. Um, but yeah, I just like, I don't know what, uh, what about you, Randall? I know you said you haven't put a ton of time into it, but not a ton. Although I, I definitely own it on a couple different platforms and I, I like Same. what I've played. I really like the aesthetic of this game. Yeah. Um, it, it's just kind of, well, it's, it's mainly, what is it? Red and black. It's like black, black, white, and red, yeah. Most, mostly black and white with like red being like the, the, and the thing that's like really, it's just, oh man, this game is amazing. So like <laughs> the, and it, there's like basically two different types of, there's a bunch of different types of enemies, but some of them are just kind of like white and not like filled in or outlined and then the ones that are like red and like fully filled in and colored in so like the ones that are white you can land on and jump on and kill them that way right and then the ones that are not um 
the ones that are all red, if you land on them, you take damage. You have to actually uh, yeah. shoot those enemies. But there's like a ton of different types of enemies. There's like these skeletons in the second world, like bigger skull heads that like if you shoot them, they become agitated and they like kind of heat seek you. Mm-hmm. But if you land on them, if you jump on them twice, they're just dead. They don't become agitated. So like there's a lot of like just balancing or like there's even in the first world, there's like these turtles with shells that like you can't shoot them. You have to jump on them to kill them. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um. So there's just all kinds of little stuff like that. And again, it just feels it, I, like, again, this is subjective, but it just feels perfect to me. Like it, the controls just feel it doesn't matter how long of a break I've taken in between. I mean, it might take a warm up run or two. You know, I'm not getting a 200 combo every time I play, but uh, but I still like can pretty much pick it up. And again, gl- yeah, Glenn picking it up was kind of what encouraged me. I was like, I can't believe I've never talked about this game on the podcast. <laughs> this is pretty much what got me going into like just being obsessed with roguelikes. And even to be honest, like kind of kickstarted my like getting back into playing video games, you know, nice. Randall and I have talked about like. You know, we even had like a video game, like a retro blog way back in the day, which yeah. maybe even is still online. I, don't I think know. it is. Yeah. <laughs> the time traveling gamers. Mm. Yep. But uh, but we had our little retro blog on like Blogspot or something. We posted maybe like 10 or 15 reviews yeah. or something like that. Yep. Anyway, so this is just kind of something we've really talked about for a long time. And, you know, just like really, again, just kind of happy that we've put a year into this now. And again, I can't believe I haven't talked about one of my favorite games that kind of rekindled my like love of gaming i mean i've always kind of played games in the background but that kind of just like these roguelikes really kind of pushed me back into like the just like yeah i just like this is how i like to kill my time so <laughs> especially yeah. a twitchy arcadey one like downwell is and they they did oh, yeah. nail that control I'll, I'll agree with you there it's it feels great mm-hmm. to play it yeah, you guys got to play some more, and I got to play some more. I'll do I'll do some streams at some point there again. Now that Glenn's playing it again, I got to beat that hard mode. So, <laughs> um, but uh, but what about? I'm just gonna kick it over to uh, Randall next. Yeah, uh, what sure. about you, Randall? What are you feeling like? Uh, we've left behind, left in the dust this year. Completely different change of pace compared to something like <laughs> Downwell. I'm gonna go in more of a, a comfort retro direction, which I guess is not that big of a surprise <laughs> for what I bring to the table. But uh, I'm gonna talk about NHL '94. Ooh, um, ooh. yeah. Any any particular? Pl- I'm assuming Genesis, right? Well, actually, Kevin, not just Genesis. <laughs> oh, but Sega Sorry. CD as well. Oh, okay. yes. So yeah. I, I, I wouldn't, ex- on- I shouldn't expect anything less from exactly. Randall. Thank you. Sega CD, of course. <laughs> if you play the Sega CD versions, you get the actual like, uh, organ sounds and they sound <laughs> like really good organs. When they're <laughs> it's like, it's real good, right? It's, and they do the, uh, birthday song from, from the Beatles because they always would play that yeah. in the arena. Oh man. Like, they do all the that stuff, that? man good do you think do you think they actually got the rights for no that That seems kind of crazy definitely not (laughs) yeah Yeah. it was kind of the wild west back in that day you could kind of get away with a lot more nobody cared about video games then Mm -hmm. yeah and certainly not sega cd games hey (laughs) there's a lot of good sega cd games i know know. it's not all full motion video stuff that was out of line i know i'm sorry i'm sorry it wasn't yeah thank you um, but no, I, I own this on Genesis and Sega CD and yeah, I just, it's the perfect distillation, I think of 
hockey in a video game, and I'm not the first one to say this, but I've never said it on the podcast, so I'm saying it now. No. Although I also really love ice hockey on NES. Mm-hmm. I think that's also a really good distillation of hockey as well. Um, but That is a great game, yeah. It is. It's awesome. But NHL 94 is great because it kind of brings in some of the more modern-ish aspects of actual hockey, like one-timers. Before NHL 94, there weren't one-timers mm. in, in any of these games. Um, and for those that aren't in the hockey, though, a one-timer is like a pass and an immediate shot by the person receiving that mm-hmm. shot. Um, and it just feels so good to play. It's like a little bit faster than NHLPA 93 was. Um, like, like I was saying before, the music is great. It's understated because it's meant to be in an arena, but everything they do there just sounds like hockey mm-hmm. in that era. Which I even love. the crowd noise, yes. you know, I, 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 I never had a Sega growing up, but I yeah. remember playing some of the I don't know if it was 94, but definitely played some of the NHL games over at my buddy's place growing oh, yeah. up. And like, yeah, just remember, like the crowd feeling very not realistic, but it, it had that just. Ah, oh, yeah. Just that. Yeah. They get hyped when Steve Eiserman gets his third goal. <laughs> All those hats come out on the ice, man. It's good stuff. So now, was this the game that you could exploit the wraparound in? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, not. it's not the only one. You could do the same thing in, in 93. Um, the okay. wraparound is very exploitable. Um, if you kind of ride up against the, the edge of the ice, the boards, and then make just like a hard turn in front of the net, like parallel, if you're going with like a faster character like Fedorov, you get a goal pretty much every single time if there's no defenseman in your way. Oh. <laughs> So it's but not you perfect. Like those, you like those reliabilities, you know. Absolutely. You, need, you need some certainties in life, and yes. in the in the especially in the moment we're all in, you need some certainties in life. You know, <laughs> I like that spin on NHL '94. That's good. Um, no, but it yeah, like, and you just kind of know that that's what the game is, and you just kind of play from from knowing that yeah, it, someone can get a cheap goal if they want it, and it's your job to make sure they don't get it mm-hmm. if you're playing against them. And this is like up to four players with a multi-tap. Um, oh, man. It just has... Yeah, there's a lot of fun features. There's playoffs. You can play playoffs. Of course, I always played as the Red Wings, mm-hmm. and they had a good squad during those days, obviously. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I just... I don't know. I, I love everything about it. It's always a comfort game that I can just turn on, and I, you know, it might have been a year since I turned it on last, and it doesn't matter. I can get right back into it. There's only three buttons that actually do... <laughs> anything you know you got a pass button a shoot button and kind of like a loft it in you know down the ice type of button like dump it dump it out of the zone or whatever yeah yep so has it been re-released on anything no it hasn't so that's the thing is so nhl ea and the nhl know that nhl 94 is like a legendary thing Mm -hmm. um and they've tried to recapture that glory in some of the uh nhl releases i think like Maybe it was 2014, something like that. They they started adding like this NHL 94 mode into those games. Mm, okay, because I was going to say, I know they did that with some of the Madden games where they like included like Madden, some of the old like original Maddens. Right. But you don't get the you don't get the retro graphics or sound or anything. It's just like it's top down and the rules are more like NHL 94. So it's not mm, really the oh. same thing. Yeah. I'll Interesting. Say. Yeah. So you, in order to like play this, you have to bust out the Sega CD. <laughs> yeah. How's yes. that running nowadays? 
that thing's still it's still going, man. Well, you probably have your what what is your setup like on the Sega CD, Randall? Because I know you have a bunch of like modded consoles. I do all kinds of like crazy setups. What what what's your setup like? I'm Why trying to figure out what here? level to go into to save the audience. Um, <laughs> well, I can I can trim around. Go go into whatever detail you feel like going into, and I'll trim around into it. There's got to okay. be somebody somebody interested. So I've got a Sega Genesis Model One that actually you were with me, Kevin, when I bought that, and I bought it off that guy at the at the thrift place for ten dollars and negotiated with him. Oh, I also yeah, got yeah. a free copy of uh, Corpse Killer for <laughs> Sega CD yes. in that negotiation. Um, <laughs> Dude, I don't know why days, I remember man. that, but those I remember all my retro purchases. <laughs> like, oh yeah, man. Like, oh man, when we went to that guy's trailer and he's yeah. like, oh, I sell I sell these games to pay for my medical supplies or whatever. Like, I don't I shouldn't be laughing about that, but like it was just like the craziest. Like this guy just had boxes and had boxes and boxes and yeah. he had every NES game. Like I bought basically the entire Mega Man franchise. Yep. I bought all three Castlevania games. Yep. I bought I pretty much fleshed out. I had a decent like I had all the Mario's and yep. I had all like the obvious obvious games. <laughs> but I just fleshed out my entire NES collection at this guy's trailer. It was the weirdest experience that I we think just you found got that for like guy eighty bucks too. Yeah, it was. A, I, I got like Ducktales too. Yeah, I got like. Like all, I got some like crazy rare games too, yes. and like yeah, I, I spent a decent chunk of change. I don't remember what I spent in total. Yeah, but yeah, we got a good, we got a nice haul that day. I remember. Oh, absolutely. Sure, yeah, no, I, I did too. I almost bought a top per- loader from that guy too. He had one. I was looking at that one real hard, but it was too yeah, much at that see- time. Yeah, in, in a certain era, yeah, it was like if you saw a top loader in the wild, it was yeah. like, oh, I, I might consider that. Yeah. All right. But all that to be said, my, <laughs> my Sega Genesis setup, I actually have multiple Sega Genesis units. So I have a Genesis Model 1 that I talked about uh, plugged into a Sega CD Model 2. And you got to have the Model 2 because it doesn't have the front loading drive. So it's not going to break down as easily. Everybody knows that. Um, and then you put a 32X on top of that guy for those 32X ports, mm-hmm. those upgraded Genesis God. versions of Mortal Kombat 2 that you have to have. And Knuckles Chaotix. And Knuckles Chaotix, exactly. Um, And then, otherwise, I also have a Mega CD, or a a Mega SG, sorry, from Analog um, that came out about a year ago. uh, And that'll allow me to play basically, practically any Genesis game, because you can sideload ROMs or whatever on that sucker. Hmm. Um, But it's meant to be like an easy HDMI solution for modern TVs. But it also has like this game gear adapter so i can play game gear games on that Ooh. sucker and and in like uh master system games and stuff so i actually have two different genesis units hooked up to the tv down here yeah we <laughs> should just give a quick shout out to those analog consoles oh, yeah. which i know i don't have any of them but yeah. every time you talk about them randall like yeah. they make like a super nintendo and a genesis yep. one that obviously has some other capabilities as well and they do make an nes one that's quite a it, they co- did. it costs a pretty penny for yes. sure a little bit higher of a price tag, but the other ones are like about I think what two hundred bucks for the Super Nintendo and yeah one eighty nine one nine yeah yeah and they are again like you said like an HDMI like you can just play all your classic you know if you have the original cartridges but maybe yep. your your Super Nintendo doesn't work like it used to mm-hmm. or yep. you know you don't have the hookups on your current TV and don't want to have a bunch of splitters and adapters going on 
Um, just kind of, and and like you say, uh, you say they work pretty well. Yeah. Well, You're yeah, and, and it's purchases. nice now. Like when I really was into retro, none of that stuff was available, and you couldn't easily hook these old systems up to modern TVs. Right. So, like that was a whole super deep rabbit hole of around like getting these SCART cables, which are only were only available in EU territories to like yep. get the best RGB signal. But then you have to do it to like an adapter so that you can plug them all at <laughs> once, and then that has to go through a converter box so that it can go from analog. To digital and up convert to HDMI. So in the, like all this stuff costs way too much money. So I wouldn't recommend it. I would say yeah. <laughs> go the analog yeah. route. If you have an inkling to play NHL 94, mm. just buy one of those <laughs> mega SGs or just, I don't know, emulate it if, if you feel like it, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> it's really Fair good enough. though. I love it. I, I, it's, it's a game that I'll always go back to. Do you do you play with Tina ever? Or are you typically playing against a computer and like doing a season uh, NBA two K nineteen style? Or, or what's your what's your deal on that? <laughs> I wouldn't I wouldn't quite say NBA two K nineteen style, but I <laughs> I do typically just play against computer. Uh, my favorite way to play is probably just to start up uh, a playoffs, and you can either okay. do single elimination or you know best of five or seven um, with the Red Wings, obviously. And yeah. just kind of play that out how it goes. And you never lose if you know how to play that game and you already have a talented team like the Red Wings. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. A lot of fun. Relive old glory days at the Joe Lewis Arena and stuff. So, it's real good. Nice. You can play a game in like 12 minutes. It's awesome. Heck yeah. Keeping the retro stuff alive, Randall. Yes. I love it. Yes. What about, uh, what about you, John? What are you feeling like we... Uh left out this year oh it's more of just uh another game that i'm surprised that i haven't managed to shoehorn into a conversation <laughs> despite it not being relevant to anything <laughs> but uh, i'm going to a comfort game that i've played that i honestly do not know how many times because uh it was for the gamecube and every time that I would lose uh, space on my memory card, I would have to delete some of the older versions of the replays. And were you using a memory card fifty nine? Oh Can no, ask, this was a two hundred and eighteen. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> this was was that the white one? No, it was the no, black the white one, one was like over a thousand. Yeah. yeah, no, but um, I am talking about the. Uh, a JRPG classic in my mind, uh, Tales of Symphonia. Oh, which came out in 2004 in America for the first time. Um, and had been, it's been ported, uh, several times since I think it's now actually available on steam. Uh, I know it came out for windows at some point during the, the 2010s, but for me, it was, uh, if you were a, an RPG fan, uh, and a Nintendo only household. There was a period of time after the Super yep. Nintendo where it was just dark days. <laughs> yeah. And you were not getting anything. So that was the <laughs> first major uh, JRPG that I had played in years, basically since I think Breath of Fire 2. And Jeez. wow, like, it, it, it was everything I wanted. And to this day still is kind of my gold standard for what I want in a JRPG. It has just nice. enough of like the ridiculous like mechanics and like in-depth like like side quests and other stuff that you can do. It has like so like, so many different characters and they all control completely differently. Like huh. and like the way that uh the like 
Tales series kind of set itself apart uh, early on, like back in like uh, Tales of Fantasia, was that like they were all like active combat RPGs. Right. So yeah. uh, like for Fantasia, like you would get into a random encounter and then it, you would kind of be in this like side scroller, like almost like beat em up screen. And the right. way that they transitioned that over for GameCube was they created the X limbs system, which was a 3d arena that like you would enter into. That was like a circle, but like your character would be moving on a 2d plane that would be uh. either away or towards the enemy that you were targeting. So the enemy could be targeting someone else. So they could be moving in another three dimensional space. It was a, just a very interesting take on combat that like I had never experienced before and was just really really fun to like kind of have this like it felt like a 3d like action rpg that like was still kind of controlling in a 2d way right but like there's so many things about the game like i the the story is very contrived and like, <laughs> i think it's kind of become a meme but like at this point but so many people it was like a very formative game for them like yeah. when you were in the young teen and like playing a game that like you know had so much depth and so many like plot twists that like caught your little <laughs> little mind by surprise and like i've, I've played uh i pick, recently picked up Tales of Vesperia, because I also never played any of the sequels, because uh, Symphonia was, like, for the GameCube, and then no other game was really put towards any other... Yeah, they kind of went PlayStation mostly after that. I guess some of them came on Xbox, Mm -hmm. but yeah, they weren't really on Nintendo platforms after that. Right. I think, like, a couple came out for 3DS, but I... Like, one of them may have been a port of a, like, PlayStation 3 game. Right. um, Yeah. But, like, I, I remember playing tales of Vesperia and just like not really getting that same like magic that i felt from tales of symphonia like like just like falling in love with the characters and like there was a little bit of a a dating sim aspect to it where like you could manage the relationships and that would give you different endings and different story beats so like it's just a a really fun game that i really enjoy and i will absolutely go back and play again soon but nice it's uh just does does things to my heart it's a pretty <laughs> game too i like how the game looks yeah like, yeah it's a it's a well, i think it had a really good like cell shaded quality that yeah. a lot of gamecube games did in the day like yep that i think helps it age a lot better than like uh, anything that's trying to be photorealistic like definitely even like uh looking there's the xenoblade chronicles like uh the they're remastering it and I remember right. looking back at the the Wii graphics of the original, and I was like, "Whoa, that's a that's a rough one yeah. to return to." <laughs> yes. So yeah, the the stylized and like the a, a nice way that they would do a lot of uh, like side conversations was like they wouldn't even have voice acting, they wouldn't even have uh, like character models. They would have like these kind of like anime. Uh, stills that like of each character that was talking and like have that go through a a few frames of like animation and like that right did a lot to like uh, bring character to it like they had a couple you know anime like animations that would play during key scenes but for the most part like yeah it was just like a, a game that had it was also i think probably the first rpg i ever played that had voice acting for 
like the that main make scene. So it was yeah, it was it was just a very formative game for me. <laughs> and it's also got co-op, right? Yeah, it's co-op, and you got to put some of that voice acting on the uh, the two discs. I, oh, I think yeah. it was a two disc. Yeah, that too. is a, a two a multi disc. <laughs> <laughs> they had to fit. <laughs> Probably could have fit on one disc if they used <laughs> a regular, regular size disc on the hey, game. They loaded cubes, faster, but, uh, man. Yeah, those mini discs. Yeah. Oh. Those are great. <laughs> they were they were still cool. They were they cool. Were. But yeah, but yeah. to your effect, yeah, I I've played this game multiple times with like friends because like you can just play cool. in that X limb system. It like really does work pretty well. It just like is maximum zoomed out when you do. But yeah, it, it's, but it's kind of cool because you're only I, I I remember trying this co op like a long time ago, um, back in the GameCube era. But like I, I remember like. I don't know, it's like the second player is just kind of jumping in during the battles. So like if you can kind of like just hang out with a buddy and like, OK, I'll, I'll play this with you. Well, you know, it's I don't know. I just thought it was a cool way to incorporate. That. Oh, yeah. I think it's a, ve- a very good job of, that they did, like bringing the like. Like in a tri- uh, in an RPG setting that isn't traditionally lend itself to like co-op, like having that right. experience be right. Like that, it was just unique for its time. Big time. Yeah, for sure. And even still today, there's not a lot of co-op RPGs. No, I wish there were. Awesome. Well, I'm glad I'm glad we finally spent a little time talking about (laughs) some of these games, because, yeah, like at least for me, like Downwell, like I said, I was just like, what what is wrong with me? This should should have multiple appearances. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, I I just really, really love that game. So, uh, yeah, very, very happy that we've kind of undertaken, like I said, uh, especially for you and I, Randall, like this goes way back to just like talking forever about like we're going to we got to do something with video game reviews or just just totally. anything but but for me like again just kind of reflecting back on the last year of the podcast like it's it's been great uh, i know i kind of mentioned with downwell like enter the gungeon and downwell kind of like got me back into playing games a lot but like especially having this podcast to like oh, yeah. actually see games through to the end or like oh, yeah. yeah just that little extra encouragement to play something or to check something out or uh for me that's been like a huge huge like push and and has helped me enjoy playing like enjoy games as much as i used to in the past you know it's it's Mm -hmm. in a way way it it is more like that there is part of me that like you know i'll feel like in a way it is kind of a negative thing sometimes because i'm like oh i I shouldn't play that thing that we've already talked about or i shouldn't like or you know john already played that or oh i already beat that or whatever but like you know that's probably why i haven't gone back to downwell because i'm like oh i I, you know i i should play something different that i haven't played but right (laughs) and now looking back like oh yeah i haven't even talked about it yeah (laughs) but like but in spite of that like i I still feel like you know i i like that push to like always keep trying something new or to give a game a li- maybe a little bit more of a chance especially if one of you guys are like no no it's i'm having fun with this game you know or if like i, I don't know or just if you guys like you know, recently i've been playing journey to the savage planet and like john is put that on my radar by just being like hey let me know when this comes out because this game looks sweet mm-hmm. um, right and i hadn't even heard of it before so just like just talking about games all the time is just really I don't know. I, I've just really enjoyed the last year of doing this. But Same. how do you guys feel as far as like a wrap up goes? Yeah, I've I've really appreciated like, you know, I, I would basically stick to my like typical genres that I would play and not really venture too far outside of that. But I've really enjoyed, you know, the push to like try something new or like look into totally. something that I normally would pass over. Yeah, for sure. 
What yeah. about you, Randall? Uh, yeah, the, the push to actually play in complete games is just huge. Mm-hmm. Like before the podcast, I was in a mode where I was just basically a video game collector. And yep. like, <laughs> I guess exactly. to some degree I still am when it's, it's, it's a joke. Like I'm just buying these things <laughs> for some unknown date that I'm actually going to play them. And, and, you know, the whole way through, you know, this, these games are getting outdated and eventually remastered and whatever else, it just didn't make any sense. So like this podcast is kind of reframed how I think about video games, how I make time for video games. And I'm really enjoying, I'm beating games now. And, you know, besides like breath of the wild, there probably hadn't been a game that I had really beaten, like seen credits on in years, which is a joke too, but it, you know, that's kind of how things were. Like, na- yeah. It's just the nature of things, man. Yeah. I'm, I'm the same. I'm in the same exact boat as you on, on every front mm-hmm. there. Yeah. It's wild, right? And and now we have this where we can come together like the three of us and just like share our love of games and like mm-hmm. just bounce off of each other and you know, it's it's great. You know, I love it. Yeah. I love that we're doing yeah, this. Yeah, and that and that extra like incentive, like when somebody else, like again, like I was talking about when like DJ Glenn and I were really into Enter the Gungeon, like that extra nudge, or even like way back in the day when me and you worked at uh, Best Buy, Randall. Yeah, uh, I remember like playing Paper Mar- Super Paper Mario, which isn't the best game or anything like that. Still on good the Wii. though, um, but enjoyable. But I remember uh, your wife Tina, yeah. who was not your wife at the time, but we all worked at Best Buy yeah. together. And like I remember, she like we were kind of talking back and forth, and she was like, "Oh, I'm on World Seven or something." I was like, "Fuck, I'm only on the World Two. <laughs> yeah, I gotta pick up the pace." But like that, that like just being like playing something communally and totally. together, yeah, like, that just like really adds to that like oh man, I really want to see this through or like, Hey, I'm, you know, the, the intro of that game wasn't that great, but like, man, John or Randall or DJ or whoever is really hyping that game up. That's like true. I got, I got to give it a fair shake, you know, really get through that like opening two hours or something and really, uh, really check it out. So I, I, yeah, I've really enjoyed like how it's kind of reframed my perspective on games. Yeah, totally. And I guess uh, one more thing that I kind of—I w- I wouldn't even call it a surprise—but I and I don't know if John, if you even know anything about this at all. But uh, our buddy Glenn, who we've certainly mentioned, I've mentioned multiple times on this podcast, and uh, mentioned on the podcast many times before. But him and I are actually starting to work on a video game. Ooh. Um, we which uh, we had we just like downloaded Game Maker. And just kind of, you know, nothing. We just have some like general ideas. We kind of were running with this like idea with like a a game that would revolve around like vinyl uh, records and stuff like that. And now we're kind of switching gears to maybe I I don't want to give like too much away or even like we don't even really know what we're doing. We're kind of figuring it out. But I've been like working on some music for that. Glenn's been Glenda's programming. And I've kind of mentioned like, oh, I've, you know, vague interest in gaming and stuff in the past and obviously doing the podcast. And he was like, hey, I know you've talked about like wanting to make a game before. Like if you want to bounce some ideas back and forth and and try to work on, you know, he's like, I do programming. I'm always looking for like a side project to hone my skills and something like that. So now we're kind of looking at like a concept revolving around like atoms and protons and electrons and stuff like that. And like giving up your, like you have to actually like use your health, like how much energy your, your electron is charged. You would like jump you between the rings of the atom. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Like, 
and you would have to actually like give up health to jump between like to lower rungs and stuff like that. You wouldn't actually be, I, I, we're still bouncing <laughs> ideas off, but like the, the music idea we had was like kind of cool. But like once we, we got into it, we we're like, okay, this is like kind of a cool premise, but it doesn't really have a lot of gameplay potential. Mm-hmm. Um, and then this was like, Hey, we're already like, we were already bouncing like 10 or 12 ideas back and forth off each other. Like, Oh man, if we did this, we could use the electron charge to, you know, it was, it was already That's like, cool. okay, but there's, there's something here, you know? That's so, cool. uh, yeah, so I'm just kind of excited that it's kind of given me that nudge. And again, be with the quarantine that we're all in right now oh, yeah. and, and, uh, me being unemployed at the moment, like I've been messing, I've actually, I've, I don't know if I've ever actually said this flat out on the podcast, but I know we've talked about it like pre and post recording and stuff. I'm like, Oh, I'm going to learn Ableton and all that stuff so I can stop using my 10 plus year old Mac to record <laughs> these podcasts. So like I've actually been busting that out and like making some like chiptune stuff and nice trying to make some little music here and there uh, for both the game and just for messing around because it's something to do with my time. Um, but yeah, I'm just excited that it's like giving me that extra nudge to like explore games beyond just like playing them, you know, not just like, again, like talking about them is one thing or writing reviews and that, that like, even that is one element of like, Hey, let's actually like think critically about these games that we're playing right? and talk about them. And, and again, just try to like champion games that we love. And you know, again, we, again, we talk about tons of times on the podcast, just how these games just come and go. Even the biggest, most popular indie games are like, Two weeks later, three yeah. weeks later, they're left in the dust it's for gone. the next new awesome indie game. <laughs> yep. And that's not that's I'm that's not even a complaint. There, it's just because there's so many awesome games. Yep. You know, it's just that there's another new awesome game that leaves the last one in, in the in its shadow. You know, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, and that's not a bad problem to have. But it's it's been really nice to use this podcast as a way to like keep the the motivation to keep playing these new games and stuff you know yeah, absolutely keep checking stuff out so but yeah i'm really excited to see where this leads working on stuff again like glenn is doing i, I want to be clear glenn is doing all <laughs> all of the programming work um i'm just you know we're just kind of he's kind of using me as like a sounding board for like ideas and stuff yeah. like that um and i am actually pretty excited too uh i've on twitter i've kind of been interacting there's this game coming out uh soon ish i think called a way to die mm, and yeah. I, i'm actually going to be play testing that game nice nice um which i'm pretty excited about as well i signed up for like the mailing list to play test that and like looks really cool it looks like another like kind of top-down dungeon crawler type thing that's um, fun i originally thought it was a roguelike but i don't think it is so i'm pretty excited to check this out and pretty excited to just kind of like explore what else is out there in the video game world? Cause like, I, 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 I don't know. I don't know what the future holds for me. I'm unemployed right now. So you're going to be a game dev. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. So we'll see. Um, but yeah, it's no promises or no anything, you know, I, but I just like, it's starting this podcast is really like kind of giving me that extra nudge of encouragement to like do more with my free time and do totally. more with my, you know, hobbies and interests. You know, it, it doesn't have to just be this thing that I just kind of, you know, come home and sit down and watch a movie or play a game to just like mindlessly get away. It's like right. it's this engaging experience that goes beyond that, which I really like. Like I love talking about these games with you guys, whether on the podcast or even just texting about like, oh, you guys got to oh, check yeah. this out. Like, yeah. it's so fun. It's so fun to count <laughs> on our discord. Yeah. 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 So, yeah, I think we plugged that last week. The discord uh, channel is actively live. There's oh, yeah. an invite. I'll make sure we tag that in all of our like info or uh, descriptions or episode descriptions and whatnot. We're always so in can, there. Uh, yeah, always. So come hang. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah, it's been a it's been a great year, guys. Thanks so much for uh, you know doing this with 
together. I don't, I don't even want to say with me, but just together in general, you know, it's, just, it's been a great uh, experience doing this with you. Guys, Absolutely. So very happy to forge forward and uh, hopefully post quarantine, we'll be able to bring DJ back once in a while. Um, and hopefully some of our other friends, like I really want to get Glenn on the podcast and maybe even pick his brain. Like even if we do like a bonus episode or something where we get into more like nitty gritty programming stuff. Yeah, there and, you like, go. Um, and our buddy Mikey is kind of, he's always talking shit about, he's, he's all pissed that I don't like Diablo <laughs> and, uh, you know, a bunch of other games. So we got to get him like on there, Diablo. get some different perspectives. We got to get <laughs> Tina in here eventually. Yeah, maybe. There you go. So, mm-hmm. so yeah, definitely looking forward to what the next year will bring. And, uh, hopefully we'll get some more perspectives on the podcast going forward and hopefully lauren maybe too yeah, we'll see. talk a little ring fit if she's interested so uh she's doing yeah. it cur- as we're recording <laughs> <laughs> nice nice that's great awesome all right well uh yeah hope everybody's uh doing well again we're always on uh twitter instagram like we said discord as well um just look up all the links in our in our episode descriptions we've got youtube we've got twitch we've got pretty much every social media presence that uh you can imagine we're not always on top of all of them but uh definitely twitter and instagram and uh twitch and discord and stuff will be on all the time so hopefully we'll uh be in touch and uh, until then we'll uh catch y'all next week take care bye Thanks for listening, everybody. Unrelated. Did you guys like I just watched that last Star Wars movie because it came out on Disney Plus. Have you guys watched that thing? I have yes. not seen any of the new ones. Except, actually, I saw Fucking Rogue Terrible. One. It's dude. Stop. Can I just let me let me just vent for a second? Yeah. There is not a good Star Wars movie. A period. New Hope. A they New don't Hope is exist. a great no. movie. No, it's yes, not. It is. I will say Boring. A New Hope is a fun movie. Okay. Un- have you have you guys so I have the Blu-ray set of the first six movies. Why? Um, Why do you buy these things that you hate? <laughs> Because I, I the, so I hadn't really seen them all at this point. Like I had seen like my brother really liked Star Wars growing up, mm-hmm. and we had the VHS sure. of the original trilogy. And like I, I never ever watched any of the original trilogy like all the way through, mm-hmm. um, up until you know. So and then, um, wait, I when you were I a kid, saw, you had them and you didn't watch all them all the way through. Yeah, no. Wow. No. <laughs> yeah, um, no. and uh, <laughs> I had better taste than that. And uh. But uh, shoot, where was I going with that? Um, oh, was, I, I did see like Phantom Menace in theaters. Yep. Um, mm-hmm. And then I don't even know if I saw the second one in theaters. I might. I definitely Attack saw it. Clones, but I, I don't baby. think I saw it in theaters. Never saw the third one. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was just kind of like, you know, I never really like gave those movies a chance. And the Blu-rays, unfortunately, are the George Lucas like just oh, massacred yeah. versions. So even the old ones are all fucked up with like CGI Java <laughs> yeah. in, the, in the middle of nowhere. Mm-hmm. Yep. And just like for no, re- there's just like, anyway, so I have not <laughs> ever seen like the original originals, but I was bored to tears during A New Hope. And my, my, the only one I even <laughs> semi enjoyed is episode six, which I know is like the least favorite of everyone's, but yeah. like the Ewoks were my, the only part <laughs> I liked. <laughs> so, so I clearly am just not a Star Wars guy. Like, no, I just, yeah. it's not for me. It's just not for me. Cause I thought Rogue One was just miserable. I just, uh, I couldn't I even tell Rogue you. One. I See, I, I wasn't super one. into Rogue One either. There's a lot of cool special effects, but in general, I wasn't a huge fan of the pacing on that one. Yeah, I watch. Yeah, I just I watched that and Thor Ragnarok like right next to each other, and I hated both of them. I was just <laughs> like, man, I really I shouldn't say hated, but I really didn't enjoy 
many elements of either one. Mm-hmm. Um, and to be fair, that was the, Thor Ragnarok is the only Marvel movie I've seen. So I'm probably missing a lot yeah. of seen Spider stuff. Uh, but that's no, that's not part of the Marvel series, though. That's the like MCU. Sony made that separately. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and that was amazing. Yeah. Spider-Verse was amazing. Um, don't try to change the subject off of Star Wars. Yeah, okay. Let's no, still talk yeah, about just, how no, terrible Yeah, yeah Kevin, movies. you had your say. Now, Randall, you get a, you get a speak. You get the floor. <laughs> I'm a Star Trek guy, let's just say. And and I'm wrong there, too, because I like all six of those movies, and I know people hate. People are like, only the even-numbered ones are good, mm. and I like all of them. Oh, so. geez. But go ahead, Randall. Tell me why Star Wars is worth watching. Well, let's not go crazy. <laughs> I, I actually started this conversation by saying Oh, yeah, by the new movie. <laughs> That's the saying, JJ one, right? A New Hope and Empire Strikes Back are both worth watching, especially at least from a cultural context, mm-hmm. right? Just like a touch point. Yeah. Um, that I would agree with. Yeah. And, and I'll say on the new trilogy, uh, was it The Force Awakens? That was another like, it was fun. Yeah. I'm not going to say it was spectacular, but it was fun, right? Yeah. And then uh, Last Jedi, I thought it was actually pretty good. I, I kind of liked that. I movie. really liked Last Jedi, but... Yeah. That's the one I want to see because I I do like I've only seen actually I think I've only seen Knives Out from Ryan Johnson. Oh no, and Looper. Mm. But I really yeah. like Ryan Johnson. Yeah, I just think he's like a too. really yeah. Knives Out was awesome. Yeah. So I'm just like okay, and I and I hear that like the a lot of the reason people hate uh, that one or the people that do hate that one are like it's cuz he it's like anti Star Wars or something or it just like kind of goes against the grain of Star Wars and like that I mean it adds it adds nuance like that it. Star Wars doesn't have. <laughs> exactly that, that star wars exactly. could use yeah but it, it, yeah it doesn't like it's not groundbreaking like it no. like literally just adds like the bet the the best thing that i saw was like people saying that the last jedi was the closest that star wars a major motion picture star wars was ever going to get to kotor 2 which like actually okay. yeah, has nuance in the right like, have gray area yeah, yeah. but like totally it, yeah yeah but the last like uh or what is i don't even remember what the last the rise of skywalker or whatever that sounds right yeah god it's <laughs> the skywalk yeah it's the rise, rise of the skywalker Sky- it's yeah. so bad man oh it's a mess it's like there it's a total mess like the, i remember like i was getting whiplash from like the first 30 minutes because so yeah. much shit happens with yes. no because well, don't they try to retcon everything yes. that happened yes. in the ryan johnson movie yes, yes. They're like, no, no, you do have to be born a Jedi. Mm-hmm. You yeah. do. God, it yeah. is about the mitochondrias. <laughs> <laughs> What's um, your last name? A thing that has never mattered ever in the series ever right. before. And they put a ton yeah. of focus on that for some reason. It's like, it's so, just, what's the yeah. point? Yeah. And it's like, don't they just realize this is just like a, the whole thing is just like a fantasy for George Lucas, like Luke Skywalker, mm. George Lucas, like, come on, man. <laughs> Come on, it's uh, it's George, that last movie was obviously made in like a nerd rage bubble, and that's how they decided to make that to not offend people. But boy, like it is, it, you can't even follow it. Half, it. At least I couldn't. It undoes yeah. so much goodwill. Like, like yeah. At the honestly, by the end of it, I was like, man, I don't think Star Wars is a good franchise. Totally. No, I was doing the same thing. I'm like, maybe I need to rethink what I think about Star Wars in general. And I wasn't like a big fan in the first place, but I'm like, man, maybe Star Wars is not great. Yeah. Besides so like this, two and a half movies. So this movie did its job. Then it's getting you guys on the right wavelength. <laughs> 
Hey, I don't own the Blu-rays. Uh, yeah. yeah, they're fucking terrible, man. I got to get rid of those. Uh, I got to get rid of those. I do own the original uh, like special edition VHS copies, which were just the first round of like right. tweaks before like everything went to shit. I always wanted Dude. Jawas in this scene. Yeah. Oh have you God. seen have you guys seen them? The new versions? Yeah. yeah. They're they're like bad. like like it's one thing to <laughs> yeah. just like some of it like is like okay, whatever. It's a little different, whatever. But like some of it is just like there's just a scene where there's just like a desert atmosphere and then they just add in like cgi shit walking in the background like it's not even part of the scene no it's very distracting it's it's like it's so out of place it's just like honestly that could have at least tried to make the cgi blend in better or something (laughs) oh it's just embarrassing that's why i really like the first like two films especially because like there is so much like practical effects there's so much like yeah like physical scene work like where they had to like build sets and like really totally. make it lived in and it's very deliberate because it's like when george lucas was just like starting out and still had like a real a lot of like physical stuff like it, it like I, I don't know i think that they the i still like maintain that uh, a new hope is just a legitimately good film like front to back yeah and it's standalone yeah exactly like it doesn't you don't need any other films besides it like it doesn't really have a mystique or like i don't know but like i i i do agree that the set like the worlds feel like very like lived in and and real Mm -hmm. i I can't i will never take that away from those movies yeah for sure star wars is about world building that's what it's good at yeah yeah and then it just like loses it the second it all became green screen and like everything just like that just seems ugh. have you guys ever watched that documentary it's on youtube of the making of the phantom menace no, 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 but I've heard about it. <laughs> it plays like somebody on a podcast mentioned it at some point. It, it plays almost like you're watching a mockumentary. Mm-hmm. Oh, no. you, there's like there's like scenes of George Lucas literally telling everyone like Jar Jar is the key. Yeah. And like <laughs> and like you see you literally see people like side eyeing him and like, uh, <laughs> uh I guess <laughs> like they're like, it's it's crazy that it's like this is like actually a special feature of like the making of the movie. <laughs> And it plays like, what the hell were they thinking? Like, who let this guy get away with this? So yep. someone um, did a supercut of all of the scenes in uh, The Phantom Menace that were just about trade negotiations. <laughs> and like, they did it as a bit. But like, watching it, I was like, fuck, I would watch a competently made movie that was just about like the government falling apart. Like, that's a legitimately yeah, probably interesting thing. Dude, that's, that you, like, that's what they should... Ugh. Go ahead, go but ahead. No, like, it, like, if they had just like... I know that they could not release like a like government like espionage procedural as like the next Star Wars, but like well I don't know if I mean they could now, but like back then when the Phantom Menace came out, like (laughs) yeah, but like very true, very true. If they honestly had like a competent like dramatic like I don't know uh, director just do that as like fuck even Scorsese, like I would watch a Scorsese that's just like. I don't know. Well, I think just let anybody like I think they should at this point, like, don't worry about making these trilogies and whatever. Like, just let somebody that has a good idea. If somebody comes up with a comedy that would work in the Star Wars universe and has a good script and whatever. Cool. Right. Let's make that or like that. So like to me, like 
Rogue One, in theory, I was more excited about watching that because I was like, oh, they can like kind of do whatever they want. I mean, I yeah. know they're kind of tying it into some other story mm. line related to the series, but like, yeah, I'm, I'm always way more interested. Like, it seems like they're getting more that way with Star Trek, which again, I'm a bigger fan of that anyways. But like on CBS All Access, they have like a whole slate of shows coming out. Like they have obviously that Picard show mm, and they right. have like Star Trek Discovery. But I think they have like a new like animated series coming out called like Star Trek Lower Decks that is going to be more like an adult swim type show. Huh. And, um, like comedy, no, maybe not adult swim fully, but, you know, like a, adult humor, comedy, cartoon. Um, and they, they could just have like a whole ton of stuff. And it's like that seems like a better format to just be like, hey, what? within the universe mm-hmm. like you, you could just have this universe is basically it's a whole other world and you could just do anything yeah with it. and how could what could be interesting within that it doesn't necessarily have to be a continuation of what happens to c3po yeah you know? <laughs> i mean honestly i will say too that the mandalorian is actually pretty good and kind of along those same lines yeah. it's like a show they made about star wars i mean it's it's still a dad show ultimately mm-hmm. but it's well made mm-hmm. it's it's fun to watch it looks so. very cool, yeah. for sure. And, yeah. But also, I was going to say, like, that's kind of why I'm really interested in, as, like, Deep Space Nine as just a premise. Because, like, that kind of, like, I'm I'm wondering if that is kind of, like, the idea, like, oh, well, what if we did kind of have a, let alone, like, a bottle, like, sitcom setting for a Star Trek show where it's like, all right, they're always going to be like at this space station like this is the hub location like uh where everybody's coming into and going out from where it's like right. a little bit different uh, than yeah. like oh you know like voyager where you know you're like literally like the the whole thing is like moving from place to place where like having a yeah and it's Go ahead. no no that was basically it yeah yeah have you seen deep space not Nine? yet but i really want to dude dude it is amazing yeah. amazing and I'm on Voyager and I would actually I actually do think I like Voyager more because mm-hmm. I, I will say Captain Cisco is by far the worst captain on any Star Trek show. Mm-hmm. I, just, I, I don't think he's a very good actor. He like he's good, but he's very theatrical. Yeah. And he's very <laughs> he's very theatrical. It's just very like more so very than, unlike Star know, Trek he, that way than in the first one. It, yeah, it, it feels more like the original series. Yeah, he feels out of place. <laughs> like he does feel. But but then some of the other actors like uh, I think her name is uh, Nana Visitor or something like that. She's like plays like the Bajoran, like the kind of leader of on the station. And she is like incredible. Like, so they have like some of the best acting on that show. But then, yeah, I just think Captain Cisco is just kind of leaves a little to, de- to be desired. Mm-hmm. But 